0: so uh hey you know last week we had uh the praise uh message and the week before that we had the time of praise at the end of the service and some of you just got rocked by the presence of god so we're gonna have another praise gathering that we have not had in a while praise and prayer gathering next month amen and we're gonna amen we're gonna be inviting other churches we're gonna have it right here so listen november 13th sunday evening the connect groups are going to Uh, Bring their groups here Sunday evening, November 13th from six to eight. We're going to rock this house with praise and intercession for our city. So make sure you uh, mark that in your calendar and be here that Sunday evening. That's not a usual rhythm for us. So please put that in your calendar and let's do this. What's that? After Samaritan's Purse. Purse. We'll have church. We'll have Samaritan's Purse um, out here doing the shoeboxes for the kids. And then uh, that evening you go grab a bite to eat and come right back here and let's just go vertical. Uh, So this morning I'm going to have uh, Shelly welcome the gals, uh, welcome uh, Paula, because uh, because you are friends with Paula. And uh, I want to say that Heather texted me, right? I probably right as you guys wrapped up yesterday, I got a text saying this is the best women's retreat I have ever been to. So good job, Shelley. Amen.
1: Fantastic, ladies. You guys were so wonderful. And thanks again to my incredible and beautiful team, which is many, many of you. And um, I was just honored to get to know Paula a bit. And uh, Paula is um, a member of the church on the mountain at Crowley Lake where Heather's sister, Bethany, goes. And, Bethany, we were so privileged to have you in the worship team this morning. I am still trying to recover from Friday night worship. When the two of you led worship, it was so beautiful. And then all the voices of the women joining in. I really have not recovered. I really have not recovered. It's so beautiful. And Paula brought just an incredible message. You, you're a very gifted speaker, and, and you really have a message to communicate. And so I really want to welcome Paula here. Paula is um, uh, a speaker, a writer. She has books. We'll still have her website on the um, church um Website, if you want to order one of her books and go to her blog and do some reading. and um, Paula's married, 27 years to Jeff. He has four children, two, and, and then Jeff brought two. And so they're wonderful, blended family. So you know Paula has rich experiences. So please come, Paula, and I'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus) Father, I thank you so much for Paula and um, for what you have, the love you have for all of us, Father, and the, and the gifts you give to your body so that you can be known even more, loved more dearly, and served. And praise be to you. So, Father, bring Paula joy as she delivers what you have. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen.
2: Well, I just want to thank you guys for for having me here. It's just really um, a privilege, and I so enjoyed the women this weekend. I've a little bit of a cold, so uh, bear with me. I've done a fair amount of talking this weekend, but um, I'm just going to try to get through this without blowing my nose in mic. Okay, <laughs> that's my that's my goal and prayer for right now. You know, I um, I prayed for you guys before I prepared this message. And um, I really saw a picture of your spine as a church, your sort of your backbone, and um, I just felt like the Lord said, um, they are courageous people, and to those um, who have and who use what they have, more is given. And so I felt like what he wanted to give courageous people was more courage. And so, yeah, I just uh, I, I felt that that was his heart for me to just come in and, you know, just for 30 minutes, encourage you. And, but as I encourage you, I have faith that God is actually going to be depositing courage. And for some of you, this is actually key. This is that key, that thing you've been like... Um, kind of not understanding why you can't seem to move into that next thing or, or to fully take your healing that God's been doing in you. It's like you're, you're hovering. You're almost there. You can feel it. You get anointed prayer, but it's just that thing you think, why can't I seem sorry? Why can't I seem to step into that fully? And so I first want to tell you that the definition for courage was the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty danger, pain, or hardship without fear. It's bravery. And so it's funny because one of my favorite quotes has always been like this Joyce Meyer thing about, you know, do it afraid, you know, even if you're afraid, go forward, like, you know, don't let that stop you. And, and that is so true, but I kind of feel like God's been challenging me lately I don't even want you afraid. <laughs> you don't have to do everything afraid because, well, I did it. I was terrified, but I did it anyways, you know. But, like, there is something higher we can look for than that. And that is that bravery. I was looking up some synonyms for courage, and it was like adventureness, adventuresomeness. Don't you love that? I mean, that's not afraid. That's at the top of the roller coaster, and, you know, I really believe that that's where you guys are as a church. I believe that you, you know, you've had a few like, woo, that was fun, and then, and woo, then, we went around a corner, and you're like, oh, this is fun, but now it's been... Right? And the little clinks and you're like, oh, this is going to be a big one, you know? And I feel like God has you guys. You're buckled in. You're in for the long haul and you're at the top of that roller coaster. And he doesn't want you to do it afraid. He wants you to throw your hands up and just enjoy the heck out of this next season that he has for you. Because what I had felt for the women and and what I feel for you guys as a whole is that it's time, you know, God has deposited in you and, and done wonderful things in you and through you. But what he wants to do now is he wants to crack you open in a much greater way than you've been cracked open before. And do more in you and through you. And, you know, as your pastor was saying, this isn't so you guys get kudos and people are talking about, you know, how great you are. And I I know that's not even your heart, not what you want. But God is going to crack you guys open. And and he is going to show himself to this community through you. And he is going to manifest himself through you. And you must be a courageous people in the midst of it. It's not, I mean, we, for the church, we live in a time of arise, shine, for your light has come. But the world is not living in a place. They're not getting brighter and better and smarter and more economically sound. They're not. That's not what the Bible even says to expect, right? It says expect, you know, that the darkness, great darkness has come over the land, but the Lord rises upon you, right? So this is a time where we're going to need courage. But we were also born for such a time as this. This is a time God ordained that each and every one of us and our children would be born and our grandchildren. So we don't have any fear for our children or grandchildren. You know, my daughter is 17 and she has eyes, she has ears, she sees what's going on in the world. And sometimes she's like, well, I'm scared. You know, I just want to have a normal life and have kids and a husband and a job. And, you know, I'm like, but you were born for this. This was when God made you. And so those synonyms, adventure, adventure. Audacity, backbone, bravery, daring, dauntlessness, determination, endurance. Brave people endure. They endure. When is God coming for me? I don't know, but I will endure until that moment. He's on his way. He's coming. He's not going to leave me here. So if you're stuck right now in something that's bad, I just want to tell you, your, your moments, maybe days, it could be, it could be weeks or even a year, but you are right there. You're on the cusp of being free. You just keep your eyes watching for him. He's coming around with his anointing and then he'll come around again for his anointing. I cannot get away from that message in the ladies' Old Testament. I've already shared that with them, but I know that that's what God's been doing. He comes around with His healing anointing. You just have eyes open. You know, I had a dream, um, vivid, vivid dream the other morning. And in the dream, I saw things coming towards me. And, um, and, and the Lord spoke to me in the dream, and He said, I have miracles coming towards you, but I need you to have your eyes open so that you can apprehend them. It was like he wanted me to wake up, be awake, because there's miracles he would do in my life and in the lives of others that I might minister to, but I had to have eyes wide open. Um, Lion heartedness, recklessness, that's a synonym of courage, recklessness, recklessness reckless are you reckless for god oh i want to be i long to be instead of so safe and so secure and we close the door we lock the door everything and we're in and it's eight and we're in our jammies and we're tucked in and everything is safe and secure and but what does it look like to be reckless for the lord to be reckless in our giving tenacity and valor listen to some of the antonyms of um courage cowardice dread Boy, that's a big one these days. There are people that that dread, they're in dread all the time. Faint-hearted, fear, meekness, timidity, and weakness. And, uh, you know, God taught me the most I've ever learned about courage um, when I was healed some years ago. I had um, Lyme disease, and I am a hiker, and I had got bit by a tick. And I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And finally, through a series of circumstances, I was diagnosed as um, positively having Lyme disease. And um, it's really not curable. I mean, unless you know, you know Jesus, <laughs> it's not curable. <laughs> if you know Jesus, anything's curable. And um, so I um, I had it for some months, and I was treated. And it's really pretty extensive treatment with big doses of antibiotics through an IV and all this. Hooped to Haldi and got to the end of my treatment and really wasn't any better. I mean, you know, I couldn't, still couldn't walk to the end of the driveway. I still couldn't pick up my, um, then four year old daughter. I really, I couldn't cook a meal. I couldn't do anything. I had no life. I was in my 30s and I just thought, this is it? <laughs> this is like, really? I'm like in my 30s and this is it. This is my life now. I'm gonna struggle the rest of my life with this thing. And, as I started to spend, well, I had been spending time with God, but as I really dug in, the Lord began to speak to me. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal you. And that was that place of, you know, where God begins to speak and then you have to keep your eyes open for it. You cannot. See, that's exactly the time where the enemy comes in and says, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. So God's like, I'm going to heal you. And he's going, I'm going to kill you. You know, and, and I mean, a few days before I got healed, I was sure that I not only had Lyme disease, but I probably had cancer too. I mean, like I was falling apart. But it's because right as God begins to hover over you and he's bringing healing or he's He's bringing that baby you wanted or he's bringing those finances in or he's bringing that job or whatever that thing is that he's begun to speak in. He's bringing ministry. The enemy will um will like launch a counterattack. And, and if we know that, then we can be kind of ready. We can be like, okay, this, no, I don't have cancer as well as Lyme disease. That's probably a lie. That's probably not rational. And so God started to hover over me. Scripture was coming alive. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, I think I'm, I'm getting close to this. And then we had this big event at church. And um, the first day I went, I, I felt better. And I stayed up till 2 in the morning with, like, electricity going through me, you know. And, and then the second day, now, no one prayed for me. Second day, I felt even better. Stayed up till 2 in the morning with electricity going through me. And then the third day, same thing. Fourth day, same thing. By the fifth day of our conference when it was over, I was 100% completely, totally healed. And had no, like, muscle atrophy from not being active for so many months. I mean, I went hiking the next day with my girlfriend. I was completely as if it had never happened. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) The thing about it is you would think, well, the greatest courage was probably required when you were fighting, you know, when you had it. No, that's not when the greatest courage was required. The greatest courage was required after I got healed and I had to keep it and walk in it and stand in it. I've been healed of a few things where I really didn't have to stand in those healings at all. I had a foot injury that God healed in a moment. It got healed, and I never even thought about it again. But I've had other things where it has taken courage, and God has developed courage in me to, to walk in that. You know, anything that God prophesies over your life, you will have to usually partner with him to walk into it, right? I mean, if he says you're going to write a book, you're not just like, God, just—he's just going to drop it on me, and you know, I mean, no. You'll have to go like sit in front of the computer. You'll have to stare out the window. You'll have to write a few words. Just stare out the window some more. Get on Facebook. Get off Facebook. Write some more, right? You have to like—you're going to have to get the groove. It might take a day or two or a week or two of that, but you're going to have to partner with him to write, or or ministering, or preparing messages, or or you know, any of those things. You partner with God. And so even healing, there are times, like I said, where it's just instant, you got it, you've you've gone on your way, and it's done. And there are other times where you will have to partner, and you will have to walk it out. And so during that time where I was walking it out, the Lord led me to um, the book of Joshua. And that is where I just stayed. I just stayed in the book of Joshua, because they had already gone through the Red Sea, right? They had gone through all the, the bells and whistles and the manna and everything, and because of their sin, they ended up staying in the desert longer than they needed to. But now it was time to take new lands. They were going to take new lands. And so these are the kinds of things that God said to Joshua. He said, um, no, no one will, I'm just going to zip around a little bit. He said, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. I will give you every place where you set your foot. He said, Um, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You could see why these scriptures began to bring courage into me and breathe courage into me. And as I started to read about... their their strategies and their plans and how they took these lands this was God's promise but they had to go in and take those lands I love this quote um, by uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson every man has his own courage and is betrayed because he seeks in himself the courage of other persons you have your own courage see sometimes you think but I've been beat up by the enemy well yes We all have. I mean, we're not in heaven yet. We've all had our battles. But but those battles, see, God uses those battles by strengthening you in them. Sometimes I, I felt like there was a couple people here today who were really desperately weary on the inside from fighting and standing. First of all, there's a rest for you in the midst of even fighting that comes from God's presence, being in God's presence hanging out in God's presence, lingering in God's presence. There's the, that, that's the ultimate strength. That's the anchor that Heather um, saying of earlier, right? My anchor, never shaken. Why? Because it's this, right? If my anchor was, say, Bethany, she's strong. She's a strong woman. I'm just going to hang around Bethany. And I'm just going to kind of glean courage and strength from Bethany. Well, she's going to fail me. Plus, she's not supposed to carry me. She's supposed to, you know, help shoulder some of those burdens when they get tough. But my strength better come that way. And so as my strength comes that way, I have my own courage. And in fact, what you think, oh, the enemy has done such harm to me. The Lord says, I plan on using it for your good. It's for your good. Now, he doesn't mean God sends sickness. He doesn't send calamity. He doesn't send these things to teach his children a lesson any more than you would do that to your own child. He loves you, but he'll use everything. You know, I don't believe he ordained that a tick would bite me when I was out hiking. And then I, you know, I mean, no, but he healed in the midst of it. And he brought courage in the midst of it. And he taught me how to stand. And, you know, the cool thing is my daughter, um, when she was baptized, I think she was about 11. And she had had a stomach issue for a couple years. And uh, the doctors were like, OK, well, now we have to start doing tests and the upper GI and all that. And I mean, it was pretty chronic every day when she would eat, she would have stomach problems. And what's so cool is she got baptized um, the same day as my husband. And when they got baptized, um, she, she got in the car, and she's all wet, and we're leaving, and she goes, Mommy, I felt something funny on my tummy <laughs> when, I got, when I came out of the water. And, and I go, well, what do you, you know, what do you think it was? And she said, I think Jesus healed my tummy. I think it's gone. And um, so she had about three days of just rejoicing. She's like, I can eat. It's so great. I can eat anything. Oh, for the first time in two years, she had complete freedom. And on the fourth day, she ate, and she came to me, and she goes, my stomach is hurting just like it did before. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was so cool that I had, I had just gotten out of my own boot camp, you know. And so I could say to her, wow. Well, don't worry about that and so we prayed i didn't pray for her to be healed god had already healed her i just we talked we prayed and i said you know the best thing you can do serve just go serve just go get busy serving so she said okay what can i do for you and so um for the next week or two every time that pain would come she would go dust for me or she would vacuum for me and she would serve me and it would lift every time those symptoms would just lift off every time and she was completely free Completely free. Never has had the problem again. Listen to the scripture. Okay, I have been a Christian for 25 years, and I had never seen the scripture. I came across it the other day in Judges 521. It says, march on, my soul, be strong. Have you ever read that? Isn't that great? March on, my soul, be strong. It's like speaking to your soul. You know, speak to your soul. March on. Be strong. I was also reading some notes about what um, in in the Bible commentary about Joshua. And it says that the book of Joshua is a story of conquest and fulfillment for the people of God. Joshua turned the prophetic promises spoken over Israel into reality. You are meant to turn the prophetic promises spoken over this church and over your life into reality. And without courage, you won't go forward. Because you'll get flack and you'll back off. Or or you'll start to go forward saying, yes, these prophetic promises are ours. And we will have them. We will partner with God, right? We're going to partner with God to see these come to pass. And then offense will come. And instead of recognizing it as a demonic attack, you think, oh, I can't believe Sylvia. What what is wrong with her? And I don't want to sit by her at church. Once that offense gets in there, right, then it begins to grow. And then if you talk to someone about it, it grows even more. And it's a great weapon of the enemy. But when you say, march on my soul, be strong, offense comes uh, from somebody within your body, and you're not even going to entertain it. Why? Because you have an absolute hunger to see God fulfill what he has planned for the gathering place. And and I, I can tell you that's where we're at in our church. We are so tenacious at this point. I mean, there's no offense, nothing. We won't entertain it. We will not talk about it. We will not pick it apart, put it on the table. Well, what do you think we do? Well, what do you think the problem is? What did, I mean, we're just, we're just all about the future. I mean, it, we've had to be. We have had to be. You know why? Because we've been embattled. What happens when you get embattled? You either, you either fall to the ground you're under the dining room table in the fetal position, stuck in your thumb, or you rise up, pull your shoulders back, put your chin up, and say, I'm going to enter into everything God has for me. I will not be denied. He's a good God. He has good for his children. And he has fulfillment. Listen to what the Bible commentary says about um, Joshua. He's, it says, Joshua's remarkable life was filled with excitement, variety, success, and honor. He was known for his deep trust in God and is a man in whom is the Spirit. You know, God will bring and is going to bring great honor to this church. Do you want to know why? Because He can trust you. You guys have been through some things. You're not all slicked back and looking fancy and answering your phone in church. No, you're beyond that. (laughs) You don't do that. Yeah, and... You know, he can trust honor on those that have been through some stuff. Sometimes you think, well, why have I had to go through all the things I've been through? It's been especially hard because you're trustworthy with that honor. You're trustworthy to put, put you on that roller coaster and take you to the top. He knows you guys aren't going to be leaping off. Oh, I didn't know it was a roller coaster. Oh, I don't like roller coasters. I mean, you've, you've, you've hung in there. And now you're at the top, and now you're at the place where you can start to see some fulfillment, and God bring forth some of those things he's promised, but not without courage. It will not happen. Okay, so God healed me of Lyme disease. He then started to speak to me about courage, and this is why. He developed courage so that I could overcome long-term You better believe that being healed of Lyme disease taught me a lot about healing and a lot about receiving healing. And God has credibility with me. That means that when I've gotten other things or had, like that foot injury I was telling you about, some other things, I knew, oh, it's only a matter of time. Don't let the enemy talk you out of, well, God did that then because you were being really good. You were walking a tightrope of perfection, and so he could heal you. But now... You know, you're not good enough. Don't let don't let the enemy talk you into any of that. God does not change. He's always the same. If he healed you before or he healed your cousin or he healed your best friend, then healing is yours. It either is or isn't. He either heals or he doesn't. Does he heal? Yes. Then it's yours. So God either uses churches to impact cities or he doesn't. If he does, then it's yours. Right? God brings revival to communities when his presence is manifested and lifted up. He either does it or he doesn't. He's going to do that through you if you just only have courage and walk in it. And he's doing it. And he's doing it. I mean, like I said, I believe God said they have courage. And so I'd like you to speak on courage. Isn't that funny that he would do that? It's like, well, Paula's already had healing. So I think I'll give her more. I'm going to heal her. Then he's healed me of more stuff. Or, well... Paula has a good marriage because she's been through the rough places and she has a good marriage. So I I think I'll make it even happier. Right. That's how God is. He's not stingy to those who have. They get more. It's crazy. And it's so biblical. But to those who don't have, even the little they have will be taken away from them. The first time I read that, I'm like, God, you're scary. And He is. (laughs) He is. He's that frightening lion in, in, um, you know, he's Aslan. He is that. He is frightening. Okay, listen to this quote by William Shakespeare. Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. Oh, isn't that good? Our doubts are traitors. Gosh, you know, some of you, this is the other thing God showed me, some of you are literally on the brink of, uh, of you're, you're supposed to be stepping in. You've got some books in you. You know, there's some writers in here and you've got, you've got a book or two or three or five in you. And you're just you're right there. You're ready to step in. The Lord's like, the time is now. And you have felt God has declared the time is now. People have come and prophesied over you. You're a writer. I say books. The time is now. And yet you're still like hovering with your foot. You want to take a step, but you think, well, what if I fail? What if I can't? What if, you know, doubts, but they're traitors. You're supposed to attempt it. You're supposed to step out or like a business. You're like, I know God wants me to open a business or so the economy and the this. And if you go get, you know, if you, if you sit down and reason too long, you won't. But when God says now, then, he, then it's now it's not next week. Remember that thing I started with the Lord when he's coming around with his anointing for something and he's coming around all the time, all the time. He's always moving. It's not even like, well, I'm going to stand here and wait. Maybe it'll be 10 years, but God will help. No, no. He's coming around all the time. Anytime you get an atmosphere where he is and he's manifesting, you just watch for it. And when he comes around for that new business that's been in your heart, if he has said it and you know it's true and the people close to you have said you should do it and and the spirit bears witness, do it. Do it now. Don't wait for every little thing to be right before you get out there and and sew, you know? <clears throat> oh, and he brought, God brought courage because it was time for me to stop avoiding pain, discomfort, and fear and face the fight. This is important. You need to hear this. It was time for me to stop avoiding pain, discomfort, and fear and face the fight Some of you are at the point where you go to step into what God's called you to, and it's too painful, and you back up. And you go to step into it, and it's too painful, and you back up. It is. It can be very, very difficult to get healed from something physical if you're addicted to pain medication. Why? Because you're going to have to go through some pain. But you're like, if God heals me, then I'll get off this. But God says, if you would lay that down, then you can have some faith to believe. Because if your conscience does not condemn you, you can ask for, from God anything you want, and he'll do it for you. But your conscience can't be condemning you. And if you're addicted to painkillers, your conscience is condemning you, unless you're, like, brain dead, right? And so your conscience is condemning you, but you want healing. <laughs> it's like, like, I can't let go of this until you give me this. And the Lord says, trust me, just trust, just lay it down. I know you're in pain. But would you just lay that down and just trust me? And and I have a quote for you. Until we make the decision that we will not go back, regardless of how painful it gets, we will not go forward with the force of faith that it will take to fulfill our destiny. And so once you let go of whatever that thing is that you're kind of hanging on to, you've got one hand and God has, he has shown you a wonderful future. He's calling forth your destiny, right? Like that song we sang, he's calling it forth. You started to hear it. You can hear him calling forth your destiny. You're starting to get words. You're seeing it in the word when you read. People are prophesying it over you. You know it. He's calling it forth, but you've got your hand back here on this thing. You're like, "God, I I can't let go, Lord. You just you're going to have to just like break my hand off. Whatever. I can't let go." But the Lord says, "Take courage. You can let go. You can." And and you think if I could just get someone strong enough to help me. You are strong enough. He lives in you. You can do it. No one can do it for you. There are some things that you will let go of in life. No one can do it for you. Some things people can help, but some things are they just can't. And I just encourage you, this beautiful future and destiny that you're seeing, that you know it's right there and you're supposed to step into it, you can't fully if you're holding on back here. So let go. Just, just determine today, whatever those things are, I'm not going to hang on to them anymore. I'm not going to hang on. And, I, and you say, well, I've tried to let go before. You know, I've tried and I failed. And it was miserable. It was worse than not having the thing. It was just horrible. And, and, and But the Lord says to you, but I've come around for you again. I've come around again. He's here. He's come around for you again today. And, and shame will keep you locked in a closet. You don't need to be ashamed. You can just look at him full in the face with anything. Any junk you've got, you can look at him full in the face. And he's just with you and helping you. So he's come around again today. So today... Today is the day. Let go of it again, and you're going to see more strength. You, God's depositing in you, as they speak right now, he's depositing in all of us courage. Can you feel him doing that? He's depositing courage. He's putting it supernatural. It's not because of my words. It's because of his spirit. It's what he wants to do today. I could have come up and said, God wants to deposit courage, and we could have just waited on him or sang or done anything, and he would have done it. It's what he's doing today. Courage. Courage for you to go into your future. And courage as a church. So courage is built as we contend. And that's what I saw, right, with Lyme disease. It was as I contended for what was mine that courage was built. Contend means to strive in opposition. To assert, declare, insist, hold, maintain. Courage is built as you contend. It's not as you sit back and wait. It's as you contend. The antonym to contend is concede, yield, surrender, give up. And so um, when I was reading in Joshua about the Israelites and what they did, I mean, when you see their journey of, of taking these lands, and I'm sure most of you have read through the book, I mean, there was ups and downs. They had to change their tactics at times. They had to repent at times. They had to reassess their position at times. And they had to stay fluid and flexible in the movement and presence of God. They had to discern, well, what is God saying today? The, last, the, the way that he, God healed you last time or delivered you last time or rescued your marriage or whatever last time isn't necessarily the way he'll work this time. God has many different ways. I mean, you don't want to put God in a box. Well, last time I read this book, and I listened to this tape, and I fasted. Now, that's cool. That's great. But I wouldn't go back to the same book and the same little method. God isn't about methods. He's just about him being himself and being um, sovereign and glorious. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to end with a story, and then we can um, we can pray if you guys are up for that. And you guys have a prayer team, too, right? And um, today, really, like I said, get, get what God has for you today. Get your courage. I mean, I'm going to pray for you, you know, as a group, and then the prayer team will be here to pray individually. But when I pray, I just really want you to exert some faith and to say, this is my day. I, I won't be denied. This is my day. I'm getting courage. I'm not leaving here without it. And if you have a ton of courage, get ready, because you're just going to be obnoxious with courage. You're going to have so much courage. <laughs> Okay, so my story is um, I love to walk, to take long walks, and um, it's just like my joy. And so um, years ago, I was in my neighborhood walking in my neighborhood. I I hadn't even gotten out of my neighborhood. I was still within a block from my house. And out of nowhere, a German shepherd um, jumped out. I mean, he didn't belong in that neighborhood. I didn't recognize him, but he had teeth. I mean, ugh, growling, teeth. He was all low to the ground, and he was moving towards me, growling with the teeth. Oh, the teeth. <laughs> Come on, respond. Have you seen the teeth? <laughs> with, the, like, the thing in the lip, or, you know, like the Elvis thing. And I was like, oh, this is not good. And, and I mean, I just stood there absolutely terrified, and, um, and I had been um, bit as a child by a German shepherd, Really bad. I mean, chased, caught, and then bit, you know? It was like the worst nightmare. If he catches me, this is going to be really bad. And he did, and it was bad. And so, German Shepherd, there could be nothing worse. And I'm standing there, and I really am in a position with this dog where, I mean, I could go back, but even that would be hard and I'm just sweating, which I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if he can smell the sweat, the fear, the fear is coming from me, and I'm going to know, I'm afraid, and I mean, you know, all those things that run through your mind, but I thought, I'm going to get bit, and this is going to hurt, and this is like, I was imagining myself already, you know, at the ER getting stitches, and <laughs> don't we do that, we like, wow, well, how bad can this be, you know, I have a headache, it's a brain tumor, I'll be dead, and what will my obituary say, you know, and so, <laughs> and so, so he's standing there, and I'm thinking that, and and he's, he's, he starts off way over there, and he starts to come towards me. And as he's coming towards me, he's growling, growling, growling. And what started off real low is now getting louder. And it was the coolest thing, because there was this moment where I'm just staying there, and then I thought, this is my neighborhood. <laughs> it wasn't like I had gone into some random neighborhood. That's the thing that hit me. That was the thought. This is my neighborhood. And... All of a sudden, I, I looked at him and I said, "Back off!" Just like that, back off. And he, I, he started to back up. <laughs> he was still crouched and he was still mean-looking, but he started to back up. And I walked, you know, I walked by, and I thought, "That's right, that's right. This is my neighborhood," you know. And um, it was so cool because the Lord really began to show me the enemy at his heart, you know, is cowardly because courage comes from God. It's a God attribute. That means the enemy does not possess courage, right? So, so he's a bully, but that's not courage. What, what are bullies? They're insecure, right? And so the Lord taught me, you have authority in your neighborhood, right? You have authority in your church, Do you know that you have the authority, if you go here and you belong here, and these are your people and your tribe, you have authority to bless it. You have authority to speak life and to be life. And and, and the Lord has shown me some of you, not many, but there's a few here, and I hope you get individual prayer. You have felt like a victim of your circumstance. And the the word of the Lord to you today is you are not a victim. It's your neighborhood. Right? Right? And and if you would just begin to rise up and take authority, you would see the enemy flee. The only the only time that that does not qualify is if you are in overt sin, and I mean willful, willful sin. That, you know, the, the, and I don't even have to go into what those things are. We all know what willful sin is. I will have an affair with this person while I'm being married to this person. I will do this thing specifically God told me not to do. You know, but I'm not talking about struggles and trials. I'm not talking about, remember how I said you're holding on to this. That's not willful sin. You don't want to be holding on to that. That's not a willful sin. Those are the things God's going to come and gently help you and help you walk into your future. Willful sin is different. Unless you're in willful, rebellious, backslidden sin, you have authority. So now you take it. So you take it for your church. You take it for your family. When I walk into my church now, I walk into it and I say, I bless this place. I'm not just some little quiet little person in the back row, but even if I was... I would have authority to bless my church. Not everyone is up front loudmouth. Right? <laughs> like us and us, right? Not everyone is called but to be up front and with a microphone, but you have authority. And sometimes sometimes it's those people in the back row who are the quietest, who are just praying, who are just digging into God who have even more authority. You know, because there's no bravado because they're not up front. (laughs) So I just want to encourage you start thinking about it. This is my neighborhood. Your home is your neighborhood. Your child's school comes under your authority because it's your neighborhood. Guess what? Because a redeemed child is there. Take authority in the school. In your community, your job place, you know, thats you have authority there. Yes, people have their own wills. You, you certainly don't come in and control it. It's not witchcraft. But as far as things that come towards you and are about you, you have authority. So begin to rise up and take it. And begin to look for those times as a church where God wants to crack you open. Okay. Start looking for that. What does that mean and what does that look like? And Lord, how can we be used by you? So let me end by praying. And then we'll have your ministry team come up, right? So Lord... God, this is not my neighborhood, but I've been invited in here. So, so now it is. Today it is my neighborhood. <laughs> because, because they've said, come on in and, and be at home. And so, Lord, I take authority, Father God, and I bless the people of God here. I bless them, Father. I bless them to be a blessing. And Lord, I thank you that you said today you would be depositing courage. And for those that have been really weakened by some some pretty substantial and pretty profoundly disturbing and upsetting circumstances in life, Lord, I, I just see the Lord tucked in next to you. he It's not like the brave ones are his favorites. He loves his children. And if you're a weak one, I just want you to know he'll come extra close to you. He'll be so tender to you. He'll build courage in you in the most um, sweetest ways, and it'll be tailor-made for you. So if you're sitting there thinking, "Well, I'm just, I, I can't, I can't connect to this because I'm not brave," you you can be brave. He'll do it. And so, Lord, we pray for a great deposit of courage in this body, in individuals, and as a church. Courage to face the day ahead, Lord. Courage to obtain what you have for them. Courage to not only be healed, but to give it away in mass amounts. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. I'm a woman and I will roar. <laughs> Ladies coming down off the mountain, men, just stay out of their way for a while, right? Just do what they say. So I want to affirm what Paul had said today. Uh, for those of you that remember, it was uh, no more than maybe six weeks ago, Paula, that I said to the Lord in my private time, I said, it is critical that you move in this area of my life. And he said, and you don't be afraid. I said, what? <laughs> so, and I started meditating on that for a couple of weeks and journaling. I had no idea there was a significant measure of fear, doubt, and unbelief in me that was um, stopping me and what God wants to do. So you heard from the Holy Spirit today as a prophetic word for us and for our church. I want to ask if this word uh, had your name on it. Would you please stand right where you are? Right on, Gary. Okay. We only, we're, we're already over time. So, Francisco, hurry. You have a, a, a prophetic word. Gary says you have a prophetic word that fits into this situation right here. Yes. You, well, no, you do or you okay. don't. You do? All right. I was kidding with you. Okay. We don't uh, have time to kid. Yeah, okay. Prophesy.
3: When we were worshiping, this word came. And what I saw, I saw a line of people here on this, on this church. That was the whole idea. And it was a pile. And what I recognized, there were chains and, and uh, shackles and they were coming bigger and bigger and bigger and the thing what it was I saw the line and I saw the people releasing their own shackles mm. it was not the Lord coming and breaking those shackles it was not like that I know that exists but it was not like that and we were worshipping freedom something like that and the picture there but voluntarily each one were coming and it, and throwing, and, and throwing wow. it and saying I, want, I don't want this anymore I don't want to belong to this thing Wherever that slavery came into you, the word, was, the word of God of truth set you free. And that word was coming to their hearts and says, why am I doing this? I don't have to. And the line was there, and they were just drawing and throwing and jumping in liberty. But it was a voluntary thing.
0: Praise God. Well, then, amen. Well, then, I think we should do that. Don't, I mean, why would you do anything other than what the Holy Spirit gave them, a vision of doing so? The way I like to uh, do this is, uh, I would like for those of you who are standing, um, I'm going to dismiss, and what I want you to do is, I want you to walk down this aisle, and I just want you to voluntarily throw it down. Right? You're just going to let it. You're just going to let it drop. The Bible says He sent His Word, and it delivered them. Yeah. So even though God could do it any way He wanted, He chose to do it through the spoken Word today through a powerful sermon to this church. So this is your moment of deliverance and your restoration of your spiritual dignity. So, also, I'm going to have the prayer teams come down. So if you need prayer for other things, or if you want help with this, you can. So I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come down. But what we're going to dismiss today is, um, I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anything before we do this. So, is there any administrative things I'm, I'm missing today? Okay. All right. Make sure you're at a connect group. Um, and next Sunday, I'm going to break up with a new series on the book of Ephesians. So start diving into the book of Ephesians. We'll launch into it. But um, visitors, I'll meet you out front. But if you're standing, I'm going to ask you to come down the rows this way, right down this aisle. And as you're walking down, you're going to drop your shackles and you're going to walk out this way. And it's a new day for you. Amen? Amen. God bless you.